0: Welcome to No Code Explorers, the podcast where we relentlessly search for the answer to one singular question. How far can we get without coding? It's been about two and a half years since I first became obsessed with no coding and I understood that we could develop startup products without any code or with. A little code only. Since then, technology evolved so much that now I really want to understand and find out the extreme cases. People who are building very robust products without any code or with very little coding. Want to join me in this exploration? And today we have Dale Wilkinson. Dale created GoodGeeks, a platform that connects mission-driven companies who need help hiring with professionals who want to use their skills for good. He built his product with his own hands, he learned how to do it in Bubble, created the first versions himself and later on delegated it to another team. The conversation with Dale was filled with insight. We talked about how he pivoted early on when he discovered the business model he had in mind didn't work. And we ended with a question. Without No Code, would he have been able to launch his startup? All right, Dale. Welcome to No Code Explorers. I'm really excited to have this conversation because I been using good gigs and and it feels great to use the product so why don't we start by you telling us who you are and why did you start Good Gigs?
1: Yeah, and I will try and condense it. But first of all, Daniel, Daniel thank you so much. I'm excited as well uh, to jump on. I always love talking about no code and my experience with it, the lessons I've learned thus far. But uh, to give you a bit of a background first with what Good Gigs is, it's a platform to connect mission-driven companies with people who want to use their skills for good they want to create a career that they love that has some meaning and it does good for the world as well Uh, and the background to why i started that and it's, it's about two years in and it's evolved a few times, like the business model, the platform, and it's still going to evolve and pivot. Why I wanted to start that before that, I uh, had my own production company, video production. So I was, a, I was a producer and was working with a whole bunch of clients that, I absolutely loved, I love my clients and who I worked with. I loved the creative ideation um, uh, element to it. But in the end, we were working on projects where we were selling razors and beauty products and uh, energy drinks. Nothing that I personally was that invested in or, or cared too much about. And I know I knew I wasn't the only one because of the, you know, teams that would get together, whether they were uh, freelance teams that would work on these projects. It was all just a job, you know, come on this project, get paid for it. I wish I was doing something a little more purposeful, you know, with my life. So I had a really good run in that kind of last year with a production company, which allowed me to take some time off for me it was it was this kind of decision if i don't do it now i'll keep on you know i'll keep on going ahead with this service industry uh service company uh with my production company so this is the time if i wanted to create something of my own to do it uh so i did i took a few months off and i was at the coffee shop every day and just i was in a really fortunate position i could do that and i just came up with ideas thinking about you know my skill set what was my background what was this? And it all kind of accumulated around this checklist, basically, of what I wanted. And at the top of that checklist was a, uh, a purposeful brand, you know, something, a company, a brand, uh, a service that uh, that did good for the world. You know, I think that has come from different experiences in my life, uh, knowing that uh, I wanted to give back and I wanted to work on something that I was really, uh, invested in and passionate about and could feel, feel good about. So, uh, and then just started ideating and then came up with good gigs. And initially it was more of a freelancer marketplace, a la Upwork, Fiverr with a kind of a donation model. And that was kind of the initial concept, uh, at the beginning. And then I jumped in and just started kind of validating that, that idea. And that initial model, business model, turned out to not work. And then it's evolved more into a career platform uh, yeah. for full-time opportunities.
0: Is it only for full-time opportunities or you have it like a mix?
1: Yeah, it's 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 predominantly full-time, but there's freelance opportunities on there as well. There's remote opportunities, uh, but predominantly it's, it's uh, full-time jobs at these mission-driven companies.
0: At some point, you probably thought of building something with code and you must have uh, found about bubble or no code. And, and tell, tell us the story behind the 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 meeting with no code.
1: Yes, I thought I needed to build an app and I needed an engineer. To be honest, I didn't know what I needed, you know? And, and my background being a producer, that is something that, that that job entails, right? That you bring the right people. Yeah you find the right people. So you end up kind of being very resourceful. So it was a matter of going out, hey, look, this is the initial concept. I'm looking to build a web app, a mobile app. What kind of role, what kind of person do I need to help me build this? Mm-hmm. And speaking to a few people in the, in the tech space uh, through friends of friends, they're like, look for a full stack developer. I got connected with uh, a developer that was a head engineer of a, uh, a, a startup, here in Los Angeles, connected with him, he was really, uh, he was really cool, uh, Alec Dibble. And at the same time, I was hearing about, and I'm pretty sure it was through Twitter. I was hearing about this thing called No Code, mm-hmm. and then through that Soul Bubble, and this was at the same time. So I went to kind of Bubble the website. This is you know over two years ago now. Had a look at it. I was like, oh, this is interesting. I sent that to Alec the developer and was like, what do you think of this? And he jumped in, he was kind of blown away with it. And he's like, ah, oh, this, I've seen some kind of no code, uh, uh, platforms. And this one seems to be pretty legit. You can build pretty comprehensive apps on, on there. So I think this is, uh, you know, a really good thing to build this first kind of MVP, So I still in the no code space, I still kind of cheated it because I, it was at the same time where I was talking to him and then he helped me once we got into bubble and worked out what we were going to, what we were going to build, what that first MVP was, he kind of held my hand on the difficult things that I, I wasn't getting my head around on in bubble. That being the data and the workflow i think i had a pretty good grasp on the aesthetic the design aesthetic and the ux that i wanted based on making a list and, and 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 exploring other sites and other apps and seeing what i liked and kind of compiling all that together uh, so what had happened is like once i got into bubble and the more i understood it and the more i kind of just jumped in and and, and did it the lesson the less uh, help I needed from Alec. So it was only when I got really kind of stuck, I'd go back to Alec and it would be like a complicated thing that I was trying to calculation type thing on this invoice template I was trying to build. So uh, so that's how I came across Bubble. Uh, and that first MVP, I really kind of took over that. And this was still on that concept where it was going to be this freelancer marketplace and companies would be able to donate on top of their payment to a freelancer. So I, I the way I wanted to test this was to build an invoice template, online invoice template that freelancers could use and it would have a donation model uh, on, the, on the invoice. Worked a lot on that, spent too much time on that, worked yeah. out that that wasn't gonna, it didn't work. You know, companies weren't gonna do that
0: not only why didn't it work, but how did you
1: find out it didn't work? Yeah, so to take a step back, so this initial idea, it was gonna be a marketplace where any company could come to the platform, get a freelancer, and then much like, you know, you at, at the supermarket and at the checkout, and they say, hey, do you wanna round up and donate to, you know, this cause? It would be the same with once they would wrap up a project with a freelancer, we would have all these other nonprofit gigs that, that a, a, a for profit company could sponsor and donate toward it. Mm-hmm. And I thought it's too hard. Like it's hard enough building a marketplace and getting the work in, getting the freelancers in first. How about I just build an online invoice uh, template because freelancers are already working with clients and they can use this? Got They've you, already got, got their clients and they can start using the invoice template with their with their current clients so i did that I spent daniel spent way too much time like building this uh this invoice mvp and i'm i'm so glad i did because like that's how i learned bubble and uh jumped in and then they started using it and then you could tell that companies weren't donating to the <laughs> yeah to the non-profit but
0: product. it but they started using it and and the donation didn't didn't come
1: Correct. Yeah. So freelancers were using the invoice template, like the idea of it. Uh, And then, you know, this is on my end. I probably had these concerns beforehand being in that space and working with freelancers, both being a freelancer, hiring freelancers. Generally, a client will have a budget, you know, it's already Mm -hmm. set. Mm -hmm. So this kind of donation model Yes. you're you're talking to different departments within the company depending on the size of the business so I already kind of had that concern and, and you know and that was proven that
0: yeah but that I, was I, I, look you you, you said uh, like I spent too much time on this but I'm glad I did it because I learned etc. etc. I want to touch on one point here which is for me is much better to learn from these kinds of failure than from the kinds of failure non-technical founders usually learn from, which is I tried to launch something and I couldn't launch. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you were iterating in the real world because you launched something and then something different you you launched the marketplace you launched the the invoice and then you were able to pivot and with no code at least the way you told us you had strong guidance in the beginning and then after a learning curve you were able to do it yourself
1: right it wasn't like we just built a landing page i built a dashboard that would track a freelancer's invoices, the actual invoice and the calculations. So I intimately got to know like how the database and the workflows would work. Uh, So I felt very uh, strong about my abilities to kind of build with bubble after that, even though, you know, that didn't, that didn't work. Yeah, out.
0: That, that, that project in itself didn't work, but the skills you have, because you did those complex calculations and, and stuff, yep. you were able to bring them to, to the next iteration. I'm a developer and I, I, I am very used to coding. And now I'm, um, I have the experience of playing with no code and building things with no code as well. And to the course of chatting with people, learning from their experience, et cetera, I'm. I'm finding out that what what you did for the invoice is it involves the same level of abstraction that coding involves. So right. you were developing software. You had to do the math, you had to do the logic, you right. have to you have to know how to build the visuals, the, the UI, UX, everything, but you were building with a different, I don't know, approach, uh, paradigm whatever. Yeah. yeah. That helps people that are more visual than I don't know math-like kind of intelligence, and it just uh, amazes me that that we now have uh, people like you who are you are a developer from from what you just said you are a developer you just don't write lines of codes
1: right that that and it was the kind of best compliment I got from Alec the developer that was helping me in in the beginning the more and more kind of I got it he's exactly what you said. He's like, you understand the logic behind it. So you, you're picking this up and, you, and, and you'll and you be fine. Do I ever want to kind of go back and, and be that involved in building something on, on good gigs now? No. Like I think I'm at a place where, and this was MVP the first MVP, and then when I kind of pivoted to more of a career platform and what it is now, a jobs board, and we got a company directory and a talent directory, I brought on a no-code agency to help me with that. Got it, got it. But I'm I'm so glad I got the lesson initially because, you know, if they couldn't get to something, you know, quick enough, I would be able to jump in and, and do it, and I knew what they were doing, and I understood The whole process
0: you probably were able to hire them with much more uh confidence because you could vet them and you could manage them better right
1: totally there was a moment where it's like they actually came to me and said oh no we can't do that like based on like a adding a filter Based on the jobs board, so just go back to the MVP MVP 1.0. I've already I already did that, so they're able to kind of get that <laughs> that calculation or whatever we did. You taught them how to do it. Yeah, so there was a few things like, uh, and that was a cool thing about you know working on a platform that is still so new. And what is so good about Bubbles Forum and the community is wherever you get stuck on something. Uh, so and this is always kind of my advice to anyone jumping into Bubble: don't do what I would do a lot where it's like, I'm just gonna be stuck on this issue for an hour trying to work it out myself, where I kind of sometimes forgot that the community and the forum were there. And if you just go there, you know, spend a couple minutes putting in your query, the issue you're having, someone has already solved it. Yeah. So and, and like there's a whole thread on it. Yeah, that's that's also, you know, what's really, really cool about bubble and the and the no-code ecosystem as a whole as well, you know, how people help each other out.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm going to use that segue to, to go back to something you mentioned before, which was you're to, you said about two years ago or something. Uh, so we're talking about 2019 when yeah. you first started and you probably found out about it through Twitter probably hashtag no code, right?
1: Yeah, I think I, at the same time when I had this kind of initial concept, I was going through this kind of pre-accelerator course Founders Gym, and it's mm-hmm. it's, it's specifically a um, six week program to help uh, underrepresented founders get ready to pitch and go out and, and, and get investment. Uh, and just to clarify, I'm part of the LGBTQ community, hence why I was you know in the underrepresented group through that also talking with all these kind of first-time founders you know sharing ideas and resources and like do we raise or don't we raise and and do we build with a developer and then i think it could have been it it was either through twitter or someone in that group was talking about this no code thing
0: the the reason i asked is because i got into it through hashtag, actually through a friend and later on through hashtag no code on Twitter. And exactly in 2019, I think there was some kind of explosion around it. Uh, early early days, uh, yeah. not nothing compared to what we have now in terms of uh, adoption, but there was something brewing in 2019
1: on Twitter, right? Totally. And I think if you're just starting out now as a as a founder and you're looking into no code and all the different options out there, I think it's actually a little more difficult because there are so many damn yes. options. Like back yes. back yes. then, it was like Webflow, Glide apps, and Bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was basically like, well, I want to do a full app, sign in, login, dashboard, all that kind of stuff. So Webflow ain't gonna. You know, you could do Webflow with all these other kind of um, add-ons and plugins and such, but Bubble is the kind of the most comprehensive. So it was kind of a no-brainer to go with Bubble. Now, you know, there's there's so many other options out there. So and so many people in the community also, right? So so right.
0: those guys in the in the, let's let's call it early days. Of course, they the, they were there much earlier. But this early days for for us at least, they were so helpful in terms mm-hmm. of creating this community and and the whole, it really felt like the open source culture I come from, which is like where people really want to build something better together and, and help each other out and contribute to to a greater cause right
1: yeah like there was uh you know joe brown of new code and uh uh, ben over at makerpad you know and they were having all these these courses and now there's kind of all these other no-code communities that have that have popped up and it still happens today even more so because there's more people in the community Whenever someone does something innovative or new in Bubble or worked out how to, you know, do this or that, and they post it on Twitter, people are like so excited and, you know, get behind them and then you work out, okay, how do you actually do it? And then they, <laughs> you know, they tell you how they did it. It's very cool.
0: Have you ever ran into any kind of uh, blocker or impediment that you, s- you thought, no, this cannot be solved without code?
1: Yeah, so I think, just trying to think, you know, the current platform of good gigs. And this is the cool thing about the the, the no-code agency I use, Minimum, Mike and Yusuf over there. Yusuf is an engineer as well mm. that now knows no-code. So if there was any kind of things that we needed to kind of patch on to Bubble, he was able to jump in. So I think where the kind of the biggest thing with the current platform was building uh, a job scraper uh, that each day would go through the our data of companies that were on the bubble, you know, back end and work out which jobs uh, we were scraping from their career page. uh, And that would bring it into a custom dashboard that we built in bubble. So that was kind of the biggest thing because prior to that, I was, in MVP one, I was curating those jobs, so I would manually, you know, put those jobs in. And now we were able to, you know, automate a good eighty percent of it, you know, based on this job scraper. So that's where you know his kind of coding uh, abilities and patching together other uh, other tools really came in handy.
0: So in this uh, in this situation, you actually used code for the scraping.
1: Uh, I'm pretty sure we do. Like, we also use what's it called, Haruku, and uh, see. This is kind of where I do get hands off.
0: I'm yeah, <laughs> like, no, it's, it's, this it's is crazy. what I'm
1: trying to do, and then that will come back to me and is like, here are the kind of solutions how we how we make it work.
0: Yeah, no, I I love this because I I definitely think as as an engineer myself that um, even though it's great that we celebrate no code, it's not um, no code versus code is right. building with building what we need to build with the best tool for it. And nowadays most people can can build things without code that they couldn't a few years back. But also when they need code, they can hire people to do just that and and, and it's much more efficient and effective. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah, which is when working with partners like Minimum, and I'm sure you guys do it as well, right? Where you can do both. you got the no code and the actual coding solutions. So if you are going out as a founder and you have the resources to be able to partner up with someone that can help, that would be something that should be on the checklist that they can do both
0: since you mentioned uh, resources did you bootstrap good gigs wa- uh, 100% w- where are you now in terms of uh, sustainability financial sustainability
1: and profitability etc surviving, <laughs> surviving? <laughs> To, be, yeah. to can be completely transparent uh, daniel uh, yeah so completely bootstrapped up uh, you know up to now i have flipped flop in terms of do i go out and you know raise I feel like it's every six months I will think about that. Mm-hmm. like, so at the beginning of the year, I thought, okay, i'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna go out and do it raise a pre-seed. and I put the pitch deck together and I, I did all that and started to put together my dream list of angels and investors, and then I didn't. And then I didn't go out. I thought no, I'm and and this is and this is something that I still struggle with to be honest, because, of so the business model with with good gigs is a subscription model on the company side to be able to unlimited job postings uh, on on good gigs and expanding that in terms of what else is offered in that and, and we've got some pretty cool updates uh, by the end of the year uh, but because of my background in doing video marketing and producing i was able to also kind of segue that into doing employee branding marketing and 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 talent marketing videos so that has really uh allowed us to survive the 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 uh revenue that's coming in through services uh now it's like how do we also productize that
0: that and- that part so uh let me see if i got this right you you have three pricing tiers on your website i i I think if i remember correctly the highest tier includes some service around
1: that is that yeah it's around like having uh on the job posts and on their company profiles the ability to have uh videos posted on that we're also we also have a community and we're gonna add in that they uh, a company can get their own community space uh, they completely own and moderate their uh, space within our community. Uh, but additional to that is, if they don't have any video around employee branding, that we can also offer uh, that service.
0: Got it. So, so you you sell you sell the service as a way to to finance the the product. My my favorite way to 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 finance things is through service.
1: Right, and that and that's. And to be honest, Daniel, like I, I, I'm in two minds about it, right? Because I, I, in one moment it, it means I've been able to survive, I've been able to continue continually uh, improve the product and and get help in to build it and, and, and such. But it also means a lot slower growth. Yes. So then, do I continue to do that? and be sustainable and a lot more slower and a lot more intentional or do I go out and actually raise money? And I'm still trying to work that out, to be honest. <laughs> yeah,
0: some questions around that. So, so yeah. because I I've been struggling with these questions most of my life. Every time I, when you do service, you your time is blocked for that. Then you you don't have the time to to build other things, and and that's the trade off. So the way I would approach it is like high margins on the service, right? So so otherwise you. You cannot make enough profit to hire people to market the product, for example, or to do marketing for the product, but also trying, of course, to delegate the service and productize the service, just as you mentioned. Yep. Which
1: means we need to be patient, right? Which is the right, which is which is all doable because in the land of producing and 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 uh video production you do get these teams together you can you know over 10 years i've built a really great network of of creative people that i bring in to work on these projects so uh it can be easy to do i think the productizing it and tying it into the overall description on good gigs uh is is what's going to be key and i think that's kind of moving forward uh putting all those pieces together hopefully i'll be a little more solidified in the, in the next couple of months
0: yeah no that's that's a great trajectory also so you you're you're f- uh, growing the business and also learning how to to make it happen uh, and then if you are to raise funds at least you went uh, farther along and you have more traction
1: more proof etc cetera, etc cetera, right. et to 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 raise it better right Right. I think this time around, why I am right now questioning whether I go out and raise money is I'm also toying around with getting a co-founder. Up to now, I've been a solo founder uh, and have been courting a, you know, a couple people just to see if we vibe, uh, if they have the skill set that I'm missing. Uh, so I think if that's the case, if we were to bring on a co-founder, then we would definitely go out and rate. Got it.
0: And do you think you would have been able to bootstrap if you you weren't using no code?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I don't want to say no, and it's also difficult to understand because this was my first technical project, and getting people in to also help with that, you know, money was spent. It, it, it's you know, you still pay. Uh, even though they are a no-code agency, you're still, you know, paying a decent, decent amount of that as well. But I didn't have anything to benchmark that off. Like I had never previously built an app that a traditional engineer had built.
0: Maybe a better question would be: Do you think Alec would have the time and availability and resources to to invest with you if he had to code the whole thing?
1: He said straight up, he's like, when we were working on the project he would always say, we would not be this far down the track if we didn't have no code. He's like, this would have cost $10,000 more and we would have had like a quarter of what we've done already. So I guess that's kind of the best, um, you know, hearing from the engineer himself, right? Yeah. yeah
0: and, and that's my uh, feeling also when, if I were doing, for example, today a product, if I had to choose between doing it with Bubble and uh, or doing it with Ruby on Rails, which the 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 technology uh, stack that I'm most familiar with. Like I think I, st- I would still be faster with Ruby on Rails because I haven't learned enough Bubble, but only because of the learning curve. For example, in Webflow, where I'm I have better skills, I'll, I never want to do a website with code again if I can do it with Webflow, even though I'm. I've, I, I'm very, very, very familiar with the code. And the speed is is one of the... It's not only the speed, it's the... Um, I don't know if you're, if you're if you've seen this, but the feedback cycle when you're coding is like you have to write something, then you mm-hmm. have to move to another window and see yep. and reload the page, depending on the technology you're using, you have to reload it or not, but yep. then you have to see the change, and then you have to go back to the code and tweak it, and then see the change again, go back to the code, see the change again, that workflow when you're using webflow for example it's
1: instantaneous and you can visually know you got it right it's funny you mentioned webflow because me learning bubble and spending months with that learning curve and understanding that and then i needed just to do a simple website for my partner his website and i was like i'm gonna try webflow with it and i jumped into webflow and i was just like this is too hard. Like I I just couldn't get it because it was so completely different to another approach. And I was just like, "Ah," I got PTSD from like (laughs) all the learning and how much it took to learn Bubble. I was like, I don't need to be investing my time to learn Webflow as well. Uh, But yeah, to your point of what Bubble would do as well, like once you kind of go to the preview site and you have that debugger and it will really kind of tell you exactly where in the workflow it's breaking and you know so you're able to kind of go back and make, make a much more informed uh update
0: yeah and and even when you're the design designing the the visual experience is instantaneous right the feedback so that that changes a lot in terms of the the development experience having instant feedback around the visual side is amazing and of course the Functionality, you need to run it to to get the feedback. If you if you you have just to use a simple example, you have a a location field on Bubble, right? You need to type an address to see the list to 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 know it's working, right? But once once you've done it, then then it's just uh, you trust it will work next time (laughs) you put a, a location field somewhere.
1: Yeah, and then you know they do do updates. You know if you haven't gone into your product for a while sometimes you get a little rusty and you forget about, (laughs) hang on, how did I do this? And then if you do need to make an update based on one of their updates that they've done, it can kind of take a bit of time to get your head back around it. And I'll call out as well. Like I just talking about my partner. uh, It wasn't his site. I ended up doing another site for someone else and I used Wix and Wix in the last Two years, you know, they were just kind of, you know, the drag and drop websites and it was pretty simple and, and you couldn't really do too much, but Wix. In the last two years, have really kind of upped their game as well.
0: I, I didn't know about it. I, I I just crossed them off my list <laughs> from uh, a, a few years ago, and I decided not to use them ever again. <laughs> but they probably, yeah, that's that's great. They got everything
1: start. you need. If you don't, if you're not building an app or anything like that, and for me, it was like, hang on, do I go to Webflow, and make something really flash, or do I just go to Wix? And Wix was the option, you know. So it's really cool. Right, it's really cool that you've got so many different options at different levels creators.
0: Where do you imagine you're going to take the product? Because we're talking about the business and where you're still figuring which road to take et cetera. Et cetera. but do you, what's your vision for the product in terms of good gigs
1: yeah it's perfect timing uh, as i'm potentially talking with a co-founder potentially thinking about going out to raise and and really thinking about how do we differentiate good gigs to other career platforms out there i really kind of model mostly on on the muse another career site built in which have all kind of local sites So built in Los Angeles, built in uh, uh, New York, uh, but really with good gigs is owning the social enterprise space and, you know, really kind of like built in, I think they define themselves as the place for tech startups, you know, Mm -hmm. and and tech jobs Uh, with good gigs. It's really about the, the social enterprise space uh, companies that are, um, intentionally working on all these different social issues, and and Good Gigs itself is issue agnostic. You know, so if you mm-hmm. are interested in uh, the environment, climate change, you know, you can come and search for those companies that are working actively working on that issue, or racial equity, or LGBTQ rights, or, or gender equity. So that is really kind of the the, the mission behind good gigs is get more people using their skills for good and really owning that space. In terms of like where I'm gonna take the product and how do we differentiate it from the other career sites out there, I think what's really gonna be important and what the plan is, community and courses. And I actually, I think there's, that it's easy to kind of remember the four C's, it's uh, careers, content, community, and courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's really gonna be the approach and you know it's going to evolve it's going to keep on changing it's really about what i keep on hearing from the hr teams at these mission driven companies their biggest challenge is uh, you know a lot of the time they don't a finding good talent but a lot of the time they don't have any issues with inbound and getting applicants it's about finding the mission driven applicants and team members okay. so really how do we make that process easier for the companies and and champion the mission driven companies that are out there doing good work. But then also how do we make it easier for the job seekers to find those companies that are really mission driven? So I'm gonna experiment with some some different tools and features for, for both the, the companies and the job seekers coming to the platform.
0: What, how, how would you describe the, the balance of your marketplace at this moment? Like we're always trying to, to make sure we have enough job postings and enough uh, applicants. How, how would you describe the, the balance at this moment?
1: I'm still in the process of building the uh, job seeker side of the market. So making sure that we are getting enough signups, that we're getting enough traffic to the, to the site uh, every month so that we can kind of go back to these mission-driven companies and saying, hey, we've built this really good community of purpose-driven professionals who are interested in companies like yours. So, uh, so that's kind of where all the focus has been right now is just to keep on building the applicant set. The applicant
0: Got it. May- makes a ton of sense because you, prob- you probably won't have that hard of a time finding companies looking for talent, mission-driven companies looking for mission people, <laughs> mission-driven people, right? Yeah. Do you see yourselves moving away from bubble or no-code anytime in the future?
1: Not anytime soon. I think you know it's it's doing the job now. You know if there's a point in the future where we need to, you know, move onto a, another platform, then sure, we'll do, we'll do what we need to do. But, you know, right now it is, uh, it does everything I need it to do.
0: I think that we can even end with that because <laughs> <laughs> if you had this knowledge before, but I, prior to 2019-ish, I was oh, very, uh, I, I. I lost my faith in no code for a few years because it was the, the last time I had tried things, it was too early in the, in the process. Right. And I was like thinking it's going to take a while before we can do this. And then in, in 2019, uh, I, I met a friend and he had built his product, product using Webflow Zapier integration uh, mm-hmm. in a little bit of code and I was wow. Something's changed. And that's, that's when I, I, I got into this kind of mission to understand the, the limits of no code. And it's very, very, very exciting to hear you who's been building a product for two years. You are happy with your product. Of course, always something to build, right? But you're happy with your product and you're saying, no code is doing the job. It's, it's definitely a milestone.
1: And I think that's what uh, any new founder that's kind of just launching something or want to start building something and it's kind of their first idea, like, because that would be the most common question I would get around Bubble from other founders is like, what's its capacity like, you know, like, can it handle? And it's like, I don't, I've never, you know, got to a point where (laughs) it's broke or anything like that. And I think most people won't you know so uh it 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 does everything it needs to do you can like i was blown away and i think it's probably because i built that invoice template initially right and i knew the capabilities of it and i was like oh wow this you know all works and i did it myself you know with a with a bit of help from alec so that would be my kind of answer to anyone that would question whether it can handle whatever they're trying to build yes it can just start building (laughs)
0: amazing thank you so much Dale Uh, thank you I was able to learn a lot from from your experience I had a great time uh, talking to you and I really 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 appreciate what you're bringing to the world because more uh, people doing work that matters which I think it's how you position yourself on LinkedIn right exactly is so important so thank you so much man
1: course. I think so too. And I'll just say if, you know, anyone listening or watching if they do have questions, I love talking about no code and my experience. So, yeah, please please reach out and I'm happy to happy to chat.
0: Yeah, please people talk to Dale. He's done it and he really done it. <laughs> done it and doing
1: it and, you know, still working my way through. Thank you so much, man. Thank Bye you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye everyone. I hope you got
0: excited to build your own thing with no code after this conversation. And if you want more, please follow me on LinkedIn and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming service. I'm Daniel Weinman, and this was No Code Explorers.